Welcome to the King's Cast. Dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. I really feel this morning that this message is something that I have not just thought up or just thought, I'm just going to think of anything to speak, but I really believe God's got something to say to us. So in Revelation 3, verse 14, the title of my message this morning is, Give me oil in my lamp. How many have heard that song before? Give me oil in my lamp. I used to sing it at Sunday school. Keep me burning. Revelation 3, verse 14. These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and the true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold, refined in the fire, so that you may become rich. And white clothes to wear so that you can cover your shameful nakedness. And salve to put on your eyes so that you can see. Those whom I love I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Amen. Amen. If you just turn in your Bibles now to, sorry for the flicker around, but if you turn your Bibles to Matthew 25, verses 1 to 13, we're going to read. Matthew 25. It says this, At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in their jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, There may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with them to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth. I don't know you. Therefore... Keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. Amen. These are some powerful words, and you've probably gathered by now that this is about the end times. We've, we had the privilege the other night of hearing Peter. It's good to see Peter back with us today. But Peter speaking to us in the Bible study about Revelation. I encourage you, before I even start today, to come along to some of those meetings, to some of those gatherings where we look at the Word If it's something that you used to do but you don't do anymore, I encourage you to come back. 
Because there's no accident that what I speak about today is right at the time that we're, we're looking at Revelation. And we're digging deep into some of these things. But you've probably realized by now I'm speaking about the end times. And I really sense God saying to me recently that we are in this very hour. We're in the last days. How many of you, there's the old and the young here, would probably remember all the way through my younger life, I used to hear in church a lot of times through many sermons that Jesus is coming soon. The end is near. You'd hear a war and things like this. So that what I'm coming with this morning is not to be alarmist. It's not to say I know something that no one else knows. But I really do believe that we're in an hour that we're seeing things so rapidly moving on and so fast outside in the world that we need to be ready as a church and ready as Christians. Many of you might have heard of, I know I did at the end of last year, people were talking about calendars and things outside, the, outside in the world, the Malayan calendar or something like that, I'm not sure what it's called, that people are saying that the end of the world will come this year. There's many things out there that people are saying that this is going to happen and lots of false prophets who would rise to say these things. But no one knows the day or the hour. It says in the Bible that. And who believes the word of God? No one knows that day. In Matthew 24, the previous chapter, it talks about all the things that we need to look out for. All the things that we need to recognize as signs of his coming. And there's all around us at the moment, we can see these signs. He says there'll be wars, there'll be famines and earthquakes. Many things. And we need to be ready for these things. Amen. The first point this morning I want to bring is to be alert. It's for us to be alert. As Christians, when Christ is at the door, when he's waiting to come, for the virgins in the story we just read about in Matthew 25, there were five virgins who were wise and five who were foolish. Five who were ready. They were alert and always waiting for their saviour to come. You've probably seen many times throughout the Bible, it talks about that the coming of the king will be like a wedding banquet. It's almost like parable type things he uses to describe what that event's going to be like. But five of them were wise and five were foolish. And I suppose my message today is anything around those five individuals, the wise and the other five, the foolish, and to ask, which one are you? Where do you stand today in that category? Many years ago, not many years ago actually, but a few years ago, when Jacob was born, um, Emma was due to go into labor. She was, we, we had a, a, the date that someone tells us when she is going to be um, expecting to have Jacob. And I'll never forget leaving work on a Friday afternoon and the due date was on the Saturday. So I left work on the Friday night and to me, I thought it's all going to happen the next day. What was surprising was it actually did. There's not many people it happens on the exact day that someone tells you. But you'll never know, when someone gives you a date of a baby being born, you'll never know the exact day or the hour. You'll only know the rough time within weeks. And that's what the Bible tells us here. When Jesus says, you're going to know about my coming and see the signs, you'll say you know the season, but you'll never know the day or the hour. And so many people have got mixed up and they, they think that we're going to be surprised by Jesus. He's going to come and shock us all. But I want to encourage you this morning, if you are a true Christian, if you believe in Jesus and you read the word of God and you understand the word of God, you will not be surprised by his coming. And that's what the Bible says. Let's look at it. In Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 1, it says this, 
Now, brothers and sisters, Paul saying to the church, about times and days, we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pins on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in the darkness. What does that say? You are not in the darkness. So that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of light and children of the day. Amen. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us be like others. Let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and be sober. Amen. These are awesome pieces of scripture because these things tell us something. That as Christians, we're not going to be shocked or surprised by Jesus' return. If you're a true Christian, you look for the signs that not only Matthew 24 tells us about, but many signs, if you were to read Revelation and Daniel, you'll see that there's lots of things that, that Jesus and God gave to us so that we would recognize his coming. He's not a God who wants to hide it from us. Let me tell you, the, the final chapter of the whole scene of God will be the most awesome time that the world's ever seen. The other thing to back this up is in Daniel. In Daniel 12, verse 9 to 10, it says this. When Daniel received the vision, he says, He replied, Go your way, Daniel, because the words are rolled up and sealed until the time of the end. He's talking about the words he's given him, the vision he's given him about the future, what is to come. Verse 10 says this, many will be purified, made spotless and refined. What does that mean? That means many in the last days will be saved, purified and washed. But, not speaking about those, the wicked will continue to be wicked. But then this is the key thing. The very end of verse 10 says this, none of the wicked will understand those in the dark. That it speaks about in Thessalonians. None of the wicked will understand. But those who are wise will understand. Amen. So that tells us this morning we've not got to worry. If we understand we're wise by reading the scriptures. By learning about our saviour. That when his coming arrives. It won't be a surprise to us. Many people talk about a rapture. There's many people believe in different things, whether you're just going to vanish and we're going to think, oh, we've just missed the opportunity. Yes, God will come. Jesus will come. It says he'll come like the, the lightning that crosses from the east to the west. It'll be so quick. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't know the month or the season and recognize it. We don't know the day, but we'll recognize the season. He talked about it, Jesus, in Matthew 24 when he talked about the fig tree. He says, when you see the fig tree coming out and it's in bloom. How many of you, when you see the snow outside, I know when I sit inside my air-conditioned office at work, it could be blazing sunshine and a clear day and freezing cold outside. But if I don't know it's cold, I can think it's the summer. But as soon as the snow starts to fall, as soon as the clouds come and the snow starts to fall, I know that winter's here. And Jesus is saying to us, when you see the signs, don't get alarmed, he says, when you hear of the wars and all these families, don't get alarmed and think, I'm about to come now, this instant. But be ready, be alert. We're children of the light. 
Amen. Therefore, we shouldn't be in the dark on these things. The coming of Jesus, it says, will be like the days of Noah. How many of you know the, the story of Noah? And we, we see that Noah's building this boat, preparing something. He's alert, ready, because God has told him that something about him about to flood the earth. And when he's ready for that, he begins to build this boat. And how many people know that when he was doing this, and people were looking at him probably thinking, what on earth are you doing? This is not the time, this is not the season. But he knew that a season was about to come. Something was about to happen. And when that first raindrop hit the ground, it didn't flood immediately, but when the first raindrop hit the ground, he knew this is it. This is the time. This is what I've been ready for. This is what I've been alert for. And it's then when the people who were, he says, were eating, drinking, marrying, and doing all the things that we do today, the exact same things, forgetting about what was, what was really going to happen. I want to remind you this morning, Christ is coming soon. Sooner than you think. And you might think, I've heard it all before. I've heard it when I was younger. Let me tell you, there's nothing. In the last 10 years, we even see it and I hear about it in the company I work in. The last 10 years, the, the, the change in technology and, and knowledge is so quick and has so increased than it ever has done before. In Daniel it says that in the last days there will be an increase of knowledge. We are standing in this hour. And we can either sit back and watch or be ready. Who wants to be ready this morning? But he says he won't, he won't come like a thief in the night. A few weeks ago, we, me and Emma were just, it was about one o'clock in the morning. We laid in bed fast asleep. All of a sudden, while I'm just laid there, fast asleep, I heard this massive alarm go off in our house. I've had this alarm fitted, a burglar alarm fitted in our house for about seven years. And in seven years, the thing's never gone off. The one thing when I had it fitted was all because someone had been broken into next door. They'd been in the middle of the night. Burglars had come into the house. So the whole reason why I got it fitted is because I was so scared that this might happen to us. So we had this burglar alarm fitted. But the thing is, when the guy fitted it, you think, there's one thing. I'm paying all this money, but I never want the thing to go off. Because if it goes off, then I'm in big trouble. So you pay for something that you don't even want to work, if you see what I mean. But I'll never forget me thinking that. I, I'll dread the day when it happens, but it'll never happen. And then lo and behold, seven years later, this little box sat on the wall. It's just there, and I'm laid asleep, one, one o'clock in the morning, totally unaware. In my normal routine. And the next minute the whole system goes off. I didn't know what was happening. Put it that way. I jumped up out of bed. For the first 10 seconds I had to work out what is this. Because I'd not heard the alarm before. So I should have had some kind of like drills with Emma. And kind of what to do if this happens. But no. I didn't even recognize my own alarm that I paid for 7 years ago. And this thing starts to blare off in the bedroom. And Emma jumps up. And we both look at each other. And we froze. Because I'm not someone who likes confrontation. I'm not your regular guy. Stop laughing. I'm not your regular guy who likes to kind of go downstairs with the baseball bat and approach someone and say, you know, I'm ready for you. Here to defend my property. I'm the kind of guy who locks the door and sits in there and sees what I can put up against the door. But we looked at each other across the bedroom and we said, what do we do? Because the first thing you think about, it's not just about us. It's about the kids in the other room. 
And this alarm's blaring off. You're going to laugh at this because the end result is so funny. I even told them all at work and they're in stitches. But we looked at each other and I just didn't know what to do. And Emma said to me, you need to go down. I said, what? I need to go down? Are you silly? I can't go down. And she said, you need to go downstairs and see who, who it is. Then, as, as, as many of you know, as soon as something happens, we all be, tend to exaggerate. Who's got a, you know, we, we tend to exaggerate sometimes. And Emma then tells me this comment, which really tops it all off. When the alarm's going off, the kids are still not even awake. They've not even heard this magnificent system that's supposed to wake everyone up. But Emma looks at me and says, I've just heard someone downstairs. <laughs> so I thought, great. This is not just a false alarm. This is real stuff. This is big time. You know, are we going to make it through to actually sit down on a Monday night in a few months and watch it on Crime Watch? And hopefully we made it. And we stood and looked at each other. And she says, there's someone downstairs. And I just didn't know what to do. And I looked around the room and I thought, what shall I take down with me? What shall I do? And do you know what? The only thing I had in the room. And listen, I'm not a violent man. The only thing I had in the room was this. It wasn't a baseball bat, which I've bought since. No, I haven't really. It was my bunch of Mondeo keys, car keys. And you're thinking, well, what are you going to do with them? And I just put them in my hand, put the Mondeo key through my fist, ready, just in case I need to hit someone. I thought, well, my own punch is probably not going to do anything. So with the Mondeo, the four Mondeo key, that's going to probably do a bit more damage. and might just take the guy to the ground and then I can jump on him and hold him. That's if it is a guy. But then I went downstairs and let me tell you, I was shaking inside. I had to put on a brave face for the family. And I went down the stairs. And as I got to the bottom of the stairs, the next worrying thing in the story is this. That at the bottom of our stairs, we have a, a light for the hallway at the bottom. And then we've got a light at the top. And as I got to the bottom of the stairs, I went in the pitch black to turn the light to the hallway on. And it didn't come on. Well, it did when I went to bed. But it didn't at this moment in time. And I thought to myself, this was the next thing. The person has now took the lights out. There's no electric. So even now, I can't see the person. So when they want to get me, I've got to try and find them first with my Mondeo key. And I walked down the hallway. And I had to go underneath the stairs to get to the alarm system to tap in the number to stop it. And all this time I'm thinking, where are our neighbors on Neighborhood Watch? Because... They're supposed to be running around by now, aren't they, and saying, is everything okay? At this point, no one. Not a sign. I'd even been looking out the window. In fact, before I even went down, what I didn't tell you is this. That before I went down, before I even attempted to look what was downstairs, I opened the front window and shouted out of our window, help! Help! Somebody help! Honestly. And let me tell you, guess how many people came running out of their bedrooms? Nobody. No one at all. Nobody. And as I went downstairs and put the number in, all the time I'm thinking, any time now someone's going to come behind me and hit me. And Emma's upstairs with the kids, all nice and cozy, locking herself in the room while I'm down there. But let me tell you this, I turned the system off and I checked the house and I was checking behind the curtains. I was checking everywhere just in case they'd hid when they got in. But it was a false alarm. There's nothing, to this day I've got no idea, I've not put the system on since then, because I don't don't want it to happen again, even though I know it'll be a false alarm. But what I wanted to encourage you in this is that seven years I've become so used to 
our routine, so used to going to bed, so used to thinking, forgetting about this system, this alarm. And let me tell you, it surprised me. It so surprised me that I had no idea. I wasn't, I wasn't prepared with anything around me. And I looked around the room and thought, what do we do? I've got to protect my family. And I wasn't ready and I wasn't alert and ready for what might happen. In Matthew it says this, speaking in a parable about the end times. He says, if the owner only knew that the person, the thief was going to break in, he wouldn't let it happen. If I'd have gone to bed that night and someone would have told me, do you realize that your system has some malfunction? It needs to be assessed because there's an issue with it. And it might go off at any point. We can't tell you when, but there's, a, there's an error in the system. If somebody had given me some indi- indication, some sign that would have said, we don't know when it could happen, but it's, gonna, it's one of them things that it's definitely going to happen. We don't know when. It's the same thing with Jesus. He gives us the signs. We're not told the day, but he gives us the indication. There's something. There is a point in time where you are going to hear the alarm bell, but I'm telling you now, be ready. Be prepared. Amen. And that brings me on to my next thing, to be prepared. Matthew 25, it says this, what we read earlier, the foolish ones took their lamps but didn't take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in their jars along with their lamps. What's so special about this oil? We read about the five virgins who, the wise ones who had oil in their lamps. And they also said, we want to carry some with us as well. We want to take extra oil with us as well. But then the other, the foolish ones, it says, they didn't have any oil. They had a bit in their lamps because it, they could run for a while, but they didn't have extra oil. And they were the foolish ones. They weren't prepared. I want to ask you this morning, how prepared are you for his coming? How prepared are you for Jesus' coming? What's so special about this oil? The oil provided, provided the light in the darkness. When they went out at midnight, he says that at midnight the cry rang out, didn't it? The cry rang out at midnight. And following that cry, when it said, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. That's when we, have, we know that if it says this, that there's a cry going to be given and that we need to come out to meet the bridegroom. In between that time, he says, while they were on their way to buy the oil, while they were on their way to buy it, the bridegroom arrived. That means that if the cry comes, in between that time for them to go and buy oil, to look to buy oil, there was time, there was a span of time. And I want to encourage you this morning that what I'm here to say is really is that we are experiencing right now, in this, in this hour that we're in, the cry. The cry has already rang out. The bridegroom is coming. The cry is ringing to us. If we see these signs, don't you see? This is the sign that he's crying out to us. And it's now when we need to be ready as a church. And in between that time, it says they asked, they said, can we have some of your oil? We need it for when we go out because we're not going to have enough. They weren't prepared. They said, go and buy for yourself your own oil. We've got our own. We need this because they were already prepared. And we need, if you're going to look at it today in, in the simplest terms, the oil represents, in a sense, the Holy Spirit. Today, you haven't got in your hand right now a lamp 
And we're not all standing here like the five virgins were because it's a parable. We're not waiting to be filled up with some oil. But let me tell you this, we have the oil of the Holy Spirit. And when, Jesus, when, when the disciples went, when the people went at Pentecost to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to live a Christian life by the Holy Spirit, to be walking in the Spirit, this is t- totally different to you trying to do things all on your own. And I want to encourage you this morning that for to be prepared is not to get some, to go down to the shops after this and try and find an old um, lamp, lamp from Bible times and try and get some oil in it. But this is, the whole story is this, that you need to be prepared and have the Holy Spirit and be full of oil and to be carriers of his presence. If it says they carried extra with them, then they had something with them as well. And I want to encourage you this morning that you need the Holy Spirit to walk with you in these in these days and these hours when it gets darker and darker, which the Bible says it is. You, you know this, that when people talk about revival and we're going to have good times and you're going to be f- fruitful and blessed with money, let me tell you that the times that are going to come upon us are going to be so dark, so dark you are not going to know what's hit you. We think that persecution, when it talks about it in the Bible, was bad. It says we're going to see persecution. It says that if God didn't cut short the days at the end, we would all be dead. He has to intervene because things get that dark. But what did 2 Joel tell us when he prophesied and in Acts, when Peter repeated it at Pentecost and told everyone, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. There is an antidote. You might be told today that it's going to be dark. But let me tell you, you are in the best place you could ever be to hear that there's an antidote. There is something that God has provided through His Son for you, bought, purchased. The Holy Spirit, the gift that you can walk with Him so that you can be children of light. So that you can not walk in darkness. You can know and see the signs. When you turn on BBC News and you look at it and you see that there's wars in Syria... And you see that things are happening at such a, a, an increased rate. And you wonder, when is he going to come? You know that he's coming soon. Because he said so. And he loves us so much that he showed us these things already. In the last days, he says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. There's the antidote. And we need to be carriers of his presence. To be prepared, we need to be carriers Of his presence. You can't do this on your own. You can't do it with your own earthly desires. The things that you have. You need the spirit of God. To be living by the fruit of the spirit. When Jesus closes the door. And says I don't know you. Get out of here. Some of us might be thinking today. These are serious words aren't they? That you, you might be questioning, am I really a Christian? Do I really know him? Have I been spending time with God? Let me tell you, if you're worrying about it, then you are in the right place. It's those who don't worry, those who are ignorant, those who don't care at all, those who live in darkness, those who are not full of knowledge. I want to encourage you today that In these last days, whether it's here or wherever it is, you must find a church that sets out its stall for the Holy Spirit. 
that says this is a place where we want people to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be on fire for God. Because I'll tell you this, in the last days, if you're not in a church like that, if you're not fulfilling your Christian life by the Spirit of God, I dare to say what might happen. When it says that in the Bible about the parable of those who built their house on sand and good foundations, I tell you, when the darkness comes in, your house will fall. Your house will fall. The oil represented in this story is not a ticket. It's not something that is a ticket to get in. But that oil represents relationship. It represents relationship with Christ. John 15 says this, If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. Let me encourage you this morning to remain in him. It's the very thing that's always throughout the John. It says, remain in me. Remain in me. Some of us this morning are probably thinking, I've not been spending time with God. I, don't, I need to remain in him. In this last hour that I believe we're upon, we need to remain in him. How well do you know him? How well do you know Jesus? When was the last time you read your Bible or prayed? When was the last time you even thought about him? We need to be ready. Today is the day of salvation. In Corinthians it says, Matthew 24 says, Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most people in the end times will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. My last point this morning is to buy and not borrow. Buy and not borrow. No, they replied. There may not be enough for us and you. Oil, that is. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. A relationship with the Holy Spirit. You can't have it. You can't steal it from someone else. You have to have it on your own. A relationship with the Holy Spirit is to be intimate. And when Jesus is looking on the last day, he's looking not what you borrowed from someone else, not what conference you went to and stood by someone else and because they were looking as though they were being touched by the Holy Spirit, you joined in as well. And you think you carry the same just because you copy what they do. In the end times, we've not got to imitate anyone. We need our own intimate relationship with Jesus. And you will only gain that by being on your own with him in that special place. It's the only place that you'll find that. We can't imitate someone else. In Hebrews it says this, the only thing we should be imitating in the Bible it says, is God and we should imitate the faith of others, it says in Hebrews. Imitate the faith of others. That's not imitating someone else. That's looking at someone and saying, wow, they have got a lot of faith to believe God can do that. They're putting themselves on the line to believe that God can do that and help them in this situation. Maybe I should start thinking about putting myself on the line and pushing myself out of the comfort zone. That's the difference. When you imitate someone, you copy them. 
You do what they do, thinking that God is going to believe that you are just the same as them. But God, as we know, looks on the inside. On every single person today, he's looking on the inside. He's looking at us inside. And I encourage you today, we need to be intimate with Christ. Intimate with the Holy Spirit. We have to buy our own oil. The whole point in this story is that they went to buy it. How many of you know that if you borrow something, it's completely different to if you had to buy it? As soon as you buy something, you know that you've worked so many hours to pay for that specific thing. If someone lends it to you, you've just had it given. And you use it for a short time. I know that when I've been out before and we went to, not not a long long time back, we borrowed, um, hired out one of these carpet cleaners that go around the house and we borrowed it because to buy one it's very very expensive to buy but to borrow it it's a lot cheaper to hire for a few days but the thing is when you get the thing you never really know how to work it (laughs) you try to it takes you at first hour to work out how to work the thing sometimes when we borrow things from people because we've not we're not grateful for what we've got because we've worked not worked for it we don't understand how it works And that's what Jesus is looking for. At the end, when he comes and looks and says, get out of here, he's saying to the ones who haven't even bothered to know him, haven't even, not even interested. And when we, when we need to buy something, it means we're giving our time. How many of you know the biggest thing that I could, I could say to you, the sacrifice I've got here today is my time. It is not cash. We can make some money and give it away. The biggest sacrifice everyone's got is time because you need time to make the money. The biggest thing we've all got in these last days when everyone's rushing around is time. I, I can say to you this morning, sometimes I've not got enough time for even you to speak to you and I want to. I'm so eager to. But I just want more time. More time. And Jesus is saying this, that in through these parables... That to buy costs you your time. And so the, the wise ones had done that, but the foolish ones hadn't. Have your eyes turned to other things. To take your eyes off him. To earthly desires. In Revelation that we read earlier, it talked about the people. When, it, when God speaks to the angel in that church of Laodicea. He says this, that he encourages them to buy gold refined by fire. To buy eye salve so you can see. And what he was looking at is that these people had got so consumed and looking at their own earthly desires. All the wealth in that place they were in. And he said, you think you've got everything. It says, verse 17 said, you say, I am rich. I've acquired wealth and don't need a thing. But God said this to them, didn't he? He said, I know your deeds, that you are neither hot or cold. I wish you were one or the other. Some of us today, we're either hot for God, on fire for him. We are buying each week, giving our time, buying our time, giving it to God in sacrifices, living sacrifices. Some of us are cold. We've become grown cold. And God says this, 
I'd rather you're one or the other because when you're one or the other, I can speak to you. I can show you that you need to be the other. But when you're in between, like the Laodiceans were in Revelation, when you're lukewarm, it's, it's almost like, how many of you have tasted, I've done it, where I've put, I thought the kettle was boiled. And I've put in, I did it the other week, put it onto the tea bag, I actually made the tea, and it was lukewarm. It had not been fully boiled. It never tastes the same. You just want to spit it out. You can't drink it. It's either got to be iced tea or hot tea. But lukewarm, it tastes awful. And that's what God says. It's, that, it's something I don't want to have. And I encourage you this morning, if you're in between, if your eyes have wandered away and looked to earthly desires, look into the things in this last hour that will take your eyes so you won't be alert and you won't be prepared. If, you're, if that's happened, then I encourage you this morning that you need to look to your Savior again. Turn your eyes upon Jesus Look full in his wonderful face. The things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory. Amen. God would rather be one or the other. How many of you know if you are so um, in between, in between the, the kind of lukewarm state, you've got so much sin in you that you can't enjoy Christianity. But you've got so much Christ in you that you can't even enjoy to sin. What a terrible state that is to be in. In between. God is asking us this morning to remember him. To come back to our first love. Amen. He says, buy your own. The virgin said it to the other virgins. Go and buy your own oil. Go and find your own oil. Because you need to do it for yourself. And today the, the cry is out. The cry rings out today for you to go and buy your oil. Your time with the Holy Spirit. Your time with Jesus. Your relationship. The, the challenge today is this. Go out. Check yourselves. And say, God, I want to be ready for you coming. The cry rings out. But how much time have you got? Because... Here we see that they had the time to go and buy the oil to some degree, but it was too late. Let me encourage you this morning, in this season, in this hour, be ready because don't let it be too late and the door shuts. It'll cost you a lot of time. It'll cost you a lot of time. To spend time with the Holy Spirit, it costs you to buy this. But I encourage you today that the hours upon us Everyone will face at one day, judgment day. Everyone will face and see Christ. And we need to be ready for him. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. And we trust that the word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www kingscambridge.org If you're listening on iTunes we would love you to leave us some feedback God bless and goodbye